Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Well, this morning um, I'd like to share with you um, a, a message which kind of is launching us off into a little series on the fruits of the Spirit. And praise God. And uh, I'm going to start off with the first one. And the first fruit of the Spirit, and, and as well it should be, get first priority is love. Amen, love. The first fruit of the Spirit. And you're going to be blessed. You don't want to miss church in the weeks coming up because we're going to have some people blessing us with messages here. So th- I'm so thankful for that. Um, so make sure you register for church and come and hear these messages on the fruits of the Spirit. Um, I've got a little photo up there. Some of you might be familiar with that rock. <laughs> we, us, us North Coast homies, we drive past it quite a bit. But those, those of us that are up there. But if you drive up the North Coast or Drossen North Shore, you'll see this rock. And it's been there for years. And um, I don't know who did it, but at some point in time, someone came with a tin of spray paint and they spray painted Jesus saves on the rock. You drive past it, and it's Jesus says, it's, it's great. And recently, we drove past, and we seen someone had come with a big black can of spray paint, and they'd spray painted Jesus saves out, and they'd put love saves instead. You can't argue with, with love's a good thing, right? But they left out one important fact. <laughs> so someone has since come back again and added Jesus loves saves on there. So that, that was, that's down the beach. You can, go and, you can go and see that. That rock is massive. So you can see it from the road. The love of Jesus saves. The love of Jesus saves. And I want to start off reading this scripture from Galatians this morning. Galatians 5. From verse, from, I'm going to go from verse 13, Galatians 5. For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve each other in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, I was shocked reading that in that translation, biting one another. It's a horrible image. Watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions, but when you're directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality and impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling and jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissent or dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, 
and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And before we condemn wild parties, another translation says revelries. Because um, we do enjoy having a party. But, but we do it in the right spirit. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Here we go. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There, no, there is no law against these things. How could someone possibly not like you if you loved them well? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Wow, what a passage. You could just take that for a week and, and meditate on it and let all of that sink in. Oh, my Oh my gosh. So it's necessary to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit in our lives. Remember a few weeks ago we said, you don't just get the fruits of the Spirit. They're, you get a seed of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's up to us as Christians to cultivate that and to make it grow. Amen? It's necessary to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, not least to counteract and to contradict what the world says against you. I want to use an example concerning a Chinese brother this morning. You may have heard of him. He's called Brother Yun. Brother Yun. He wrote a book uh, way back in the early 90s, I think, called Heavenly Man. And he was a Chinese house church leader. And um, he was terribly persecuted. Um, he was separated from his family. He was imprisoned. He was tortured very badly. Um, and he ministered to his prisoners that were with him in, 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 in prison. Um, they broke his legs. They, it was just horrific. And I remember reading his book. I think I passed it on to someone. But I remember reading it and, and just weeping at some of the passages in the book because it was just, my God, you know, how could this happen? But I'm bringing this up because a man in Germany, also a Chinese person, created a website some time ago now, I think in the early to mid-2000s, to attack and discredit Brother Yun's ministry. He even went as far as to write personal letters to the established churches in China to have them... Um, denounce Brother Yun's ministry and to separate themselves from him. Pamphlets were even created and circulated telling people that he was a fraud and a con man. And um, so all of this started from one Christian man in Germany who had some axe to grind or something against Brother Yun. I want to read this statement that he made, and I think it puts fruits of the, some of the fruits of the Spirit right out there. This was a statement from Brother Yun in response to what was going on against him. 
In the presence of the Lord, I would like to say, I hold absolutely nothing against the men of God who wrote the booklet about me, and I have completely forgiven them. In fact, the booklet did not reduce the deep respect I have in my heart towards these men. I know that one day we will embrace before our Father in heaven, and any misunderstanding will be forgotten as we worship the Lamb of God together. just make you want to cry when you know someone reacts like that that's a that's a love reaction that's the you no matter what you say no matter what you do against me you will not get the better of me i'm going to love you i'm going to love you i'm going to make a decision to love you the word the word says in verse 23 we just read it that there is no law against the fruits so this brother brother yun has by many accounts lived a fruitful life He's led many to Christ, continues to live a simple life. As far as I know, they don't have a car. They live in Germany. Um, they had to flee China. They live in Germany, and he, he, um, he does what he does. He does itinerant ministry. But we're moving into a time now when what was once called good is called evil, and what was, was called evil is called good. There are moves afoot and some that have already happened to legislate against what is true, what is pure, and what is right in God's sight. If our motive for reaching the lost is love, and to truly love someone, to truly love someone is to do all that we can to see that they don't die in their sin, but to have eternal life, and to reach them involves speaking the truth in love, then we are living in a time where the civil law is in fact discriminating against Christianity. But nonetheless, because again, there is no law against the fruits of the Spirit, against such there is no law, no one will really be able to find a wrong or an evil motive in you. They truly won't be able to do that. So the civil law, government law, whatever, may change. This morning I seen a, an article on a lady MP from Finland who's facing six years in prison, five children, eight grandchildren um, because of her stand on gender and sexuality. So, and she's not backing down. Because this is the word of God and this is, this is our truth. It's our truth and we have to hold on to it. We can't give it up. We can't give it up. People will cast aspersions. They'll make false accusations. They'll sully your name. But you're in good company, brothers and sisters. You'll be in good company. Because if they, Jesus says, if they hated me, they'll hate you too. And this is not, please don't misunderstand, this message is not an us and them message. It's a truth message. And how love can motivate us to win the lost and to do so with integrity. Amen. We can compromise and win the lost. But those conversions may not be true conversions. 
They must know the truth. They have to know the truth. It's easy to compromise and get a full church. But we must win, must win people with the truth. The God kind of love is a love that is so wise, so gentle, so understanding of the needs of the one that God loves, that when we die to self, we become the divine vessel to love somebody into Christ. When we die to ourselves, then we become the divine vessel to win someone into Christ. These seem like strong words, but every day we have to take up our cross, don't we? That testifies that we've laid our lives down for the love of others, and it's all mirrored in the work of the cross. It's just, it's a mirror of the cross, laying your life down because of your love for people. If you've got your Bibles with you, go to Philippians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you, I'd encourage you to get one. We've got a bookstop shop upstairs that still has some Bibles on, in stock on the shelf. Or go on to Amazon. Or if you really um, just want a little handbag Bible or something, please come and see us. And we'll give you something that can just fit into your purse or into your man bag. I'm a man bag kind of guy. I'm, so, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> uh, praise God. Philippians 1. Philippians 1, chap, uh, Philippians 1, verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So verse 9, and this I pray that your love may abound. So it, it's bountiful. It's like, man, it just keeps on coming. It's just, it's growing. It's like putting Mentos in Coke, man. You know? It's like, whoa, you, it's uncontrollable. It's abounding. All right? Don't do it in a car or an enclosed space. Yeah? If our love is insincere, and it's just trying to impress others, we can actually antagonize those that we're trying to reach. It's only, it's only true love and sincere love that will work. If, if our love is a hint of charade, you will just in, inflame people. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 tells us to examine ourselves. What does it ask us to examine ourselves for? To see if we are, it says we're to see if we are still in the faith. To see, me personally, I see, to see if I'm still in Christ. And I look to see if Christ is still in me. And we do this daily, every day. Amen, don't we all? We examine, we, where am I with you today, Lord? You know, every day you're, you're pursuing him. Ho hopefully, we're pursuing him. And so, am I bearing his good character? And if he is in me, then his love should be in me too. If, if he is in me, his love should be in me too. And what kind of love are we talking about here? 
Well, do we all, uh, if you've been to a wedding, some of the weddings we go to, 1 Corinthians 13 is a famous chapter, the love chapter. Yeah, the love chapter. You can, you can have that at your wedding, the love chapter. The, this famous chapter talks to us about love, but it's not talking to us about eros, not erotic love, not sexual love. It's not talking to us even about phileo love, brotherly love, but about a special kind of love, the God kind of love called agape love. And agape is a Greek word, and you can go on to, go on to biblehub.com. It's a great website where you can take different translations and you can go to the Greek or Hebrew and you can see what the words mean in more depth. This kind of love puts others first. It's, it's kind, and it prefers other people over self. Amen? So with this love in our life, shed, and when we, we always say we shed our love abroad, well, what does that even mean? Shed, you know, shed, the Bible has all these, that shed your love abroad, but it's to, it's to show it forth openly. Amen? So the purpose of the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, and you're going to hear peace, faithfulness, um, all of you got to come for the self-control one. I've all got to be here for self-control. <laughs> all right? So the fruits of the, of the Spirit, they strengthen our witness as Christians. They strengthen our witness. True fruit, true fruit, not, not false. True fruit anchors us in integrity. When your obedience to the truth challenges or threatens the positions that people in the world hold dear, don't be surprised when the gossip, the lies, and the accusations start flying. People who you've never met will even try and discredit you. A lot of these people never met Brother Yun in their life. Never met the man. Never met him. Never sat down and had a chat or a cup of tea. Never met him. And you, it, it beggars belief. How, how on earth could people take a position like that? How could they take that position? But it's because there's, you know, in the Chinese underground church, there's not just all Christians in the underground church. There are people there looking to disturb the underground church in China. This is why in the end times, you will know them by their fruits when they're with you. Because if they don't have love, if they don't display love, then you may question. Unless, you know, it's always the Spirit. Spirit is going to lead us and give us discernment. Amen. But the underground church are being spied upon and being uh, grasped grassed in or whatever, you know, that's what's happening. Amen? So, it anchors us in, in, in integrity. So, we have to clothe ourselves in Christ. And if you go to that chapter, what are the bookends of the fruits of the Spirit? Love is at the first, 
when the end one is self-control. Love and self-control are the bookends of the fruits of the Spirit. Everything originates from love, but without self-control, all of the fruits have got no effect. And I don't know about you guys, but these days what I'm seeing is the inability to have self-control is the root cause of most people's problems. No self-control. They cannot control their temper, their anger, their outbursts. Their, they, cannot, they cannot moderate anything. So how can we have the fruits of the Spirit? Because by this time we're all saying, it's just, let's just leave, it's impossible. <laughs> see you later, I'll see you at Costa. You know, let's, let's go talk. You can have the fruits of the Spirit. John 15, verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do anything. So how can we have the fruits of the Spirit? Be attached to the vine. Just stay attached. Stay attached. If you're cut off, what happens to the bunch of grapes on the branch? It dies. Any fruit that's out on the branch, if it's cut off, it's a goner. But if you stay attached to the vine, then that fruit is going to keep on fruiting. It's going to keep on giving. That tree is going to keep on producing. Amen? And it's the fruit of love that gets the first priority amongst all the fruits. It's the very first one. And in 1 Corinthians, at the very end of chapter 12, you don't have to go there, Paul says that we should earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Okay, he's referring to the gifts there, but he's, he's saying, um, you, you know, the gifts are fine and everything, this is fine, but I'm going to show you the most excellent way. The more, the more excellent way is love. It's this love walk, and it's a serious thing, you know. You know, we really express that when we speak into people's lives concerning marriage and covenant family relationships. You know, because the world's view of love is very squeef. You know, it's, you know, so we really speak strongly on, on love and covenant. Amen? Because love is, you know, if you look at things like relationship breakdown, marital breakup, family division, and all of that, man, it's happening all over, all over Scotland, all over the world, but all over Scotland. And there's a more excellent way, and it's not a suggestion. We're commanded to love, according to John 15, verse 12. We're commanded to love. It's a command. And we all, how is it even possible to love with the God kind of, I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to love. I think there was a country music song with it. <laughs> sometimes it's hard to love. I don't know. It's hard to love, right? It's hard to love. So I'm so sorry. That was bad. It's hard. I don't listen to country music. <laughs> Just, all right. It's, it's, how is it possible to love with the God kind of love? Some folk, something folk use frequently as, as, a, as an excuse. Now, let me rephrase that. A reason for being loveless is just not me. It's not in my makeup. It's not in my personality. You know, I'm not, I'm not very warm. I'm not very affectionate. I'm not very, you know, all of these things. Have you heard that? 
you know, it's, it's just my personality, you know, it's okay, I'm fine. You know, I, I do understand that, but I'm not, I'm not reducing love to gestures of affection here. What I'm saying is love is a verb. It's a verb. It's a doing word. Love is a verb. Amen. Amen. And, and dear Lord, it must produce some action. If it's a verb, it has to produce action. So it may, it may be that, you know, you just don't like all that stuff, but love is a verb, so you have to do something. You have to do something. Amen? If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, then your personality will be shaped by him also anyway. And when you received Jesus Christ, when you were born again, the Holy Spirit came and made his home in, in you, and then he's like, okay, I'm getting my hammer and chisel out. We're going to, we're going to whip this, this, this guy into shape. Had a harder job with some of us than others. Amen. The chisel's still out. The, the mallet and the chisel's still out. Amen, 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 Barbara. It doesn't matter what age you are. God is still shaping your life. We, um, when we were had a lovely time with Barbara a little while ago, and Barbara was telling us about it's even still, God is still at work, still shaping, still shaping. So the Holy Spirit will shape your personality. People that were once cold and bitter and loveless, when infused with the Holy Spirit, can become warm and affectionate. And I, I, I want to say this, and, and we, the church has been here for 34 years. 34 years. We've been here in Kawinning for 34 years. We've seen youth, we've seen waves of youth come in and out of the church, but we've seen a lot of young people come into this church who are, who are almost virtual recluses. They've come out, been pulled along by a friend. They've come in. We've had youth come into this church with their, with their shoulders hunched, their head down, and a hood pulled over their head. They just don't want contact, to make contact with anyone. And I've seen even insular people like these people transform before our eyes over a period of months and years. They're born again, and it's amazing. It's almost like, it's almost like that. I get the, the impression of that old evolution thing where, you know, you go from the, I don't believe in that, but you see how they go from hunched and, and then eventually they're walking up straight. Well, this is, people come in here and they're almost half bent over. I don't know, they're carrying so much self, no self-worth, no self-esteem, and they, they get born again and they, they go to university or go and start another church or do something and they're walking up straight. Romans 5, verse 5 and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Many relationships that should be zinging, I didn't know whether to bring this one into the message. This, many relationships that should be zinging are minging. They, only in Scotland could you say that. They're kind of dead and dry because of various things, but it becomes convenient to say, do you know what? We just fell out of love. One day we just fell out of love. Blah, blah. Yeah. But love is a choice. 
And every day we wake up, we make a decision to love each other. Every day you wake up, you make a decision to love someone. Amen. Love's a decision, not a feeling. How do you feel today? Ah, oh, I feel great. I'm so in love with you. I just feel so in love with you. And then, and then, and then issues and trouble come. I, I, I just don't feel it anymore, hon. I can promise you a time will come when the feelings are gone. And all you have left is a choice. <laughs> That's for sure. Amen. Amen. And, and, and there's people can testify of that in here. Amen. There's people been a lot longer at it than even us. Amen. And if you need to breathe some life back into your relationship, I'm talking spousal now, go and read the, the Song of Solomon. Go, go read there. Read it by yourself so you don't get embarrassed. No, the, the Word of God is beautiful in that way because it's pure. And it's how we should treat one another. Amen. God is the restorer of our souls. And the soul is the seat of our mind and the seat of our will and the seat of our emotions. Our soul is where our personality is. So our personalities can be healed and restored. Amen. Amen. They can be restored so that you can walk the love walk. It's the love walk's not an escalator. You get on at point A and you get off at point B and you, how did I get here? No, the love walk is, is spelled W-O-R-K. Work. It's work, man. Yeah. It's not an escalator. It involves work. To love people that are hard to love can be a sacrifice at first. But God doesn't expect us to do things beyond our ability. Amen. He enables us by His Spirit. And just as we're, we're beginning to close, many people have issues even with loving themselves. And if you can't even love yourself, then the Word says that you will not be able to love another. You have to accept yourself. You have to love yourself. If many people took the command to love our neighbors as ourselves, our neighbors wouldn't be getting much love at all. <laughs> love your neighbors as yourself. Uh, you guys ain't getting nothing in my neighborhood because this is how I am. So people may not love themselves. They may be full of self-loathing. They may have terrible self-image. But they're all deceptions of the enemy. They're all dangerous deceptions. You may feel that way, but when the truth comes into your life, if you will open up your mind to the truth, you will not remain like that. You will not remain like that in Jesus' name. Because... The Word says that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. When we inherited Pastor Gary and Sarah's car when they went to Australia, and Sarah was fond of sticking Scripture verses everywhere. So one day I'm in the car and I pull the visor down, and there's another one. Sticky tape and paper. For we are God's workmanship, created in Him before, to, appointed to do good works. Can't remember the whole verse. I'm like, praise God, Sarah. There's another one. You know, wherever you go, you, there was a scripture. And um, so God doesn't make rubbish. He made you wonderfully and fearfully. And if the creator of our universe loves you and he knows you by name, he knows who Kieran is, 
He knows who Emma is. He knows who Joyce is. He knows everyone by name. He knows everyone by name. Then you can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, begin to accept his love and accept yourself because you're worthy. Amen. And then love will begin to grow. So this fruit of the Spirit that was maybe a little seed thing can begin to grow. How do you grow your love walk? It doesn't happen by staying in the house. Actually, you have to be around people. You have to be with people. The more you put yourself out there, the more obedient you are to enter into situations that are going to put a draw on your compassion the more your love walk will be developed. I don't know about, I, I'm, we, we, were, we had a Zoom, with, uh, Zoom meeting uh, recently and the guy that was taking us in the Zoom meeting was showing us these different colors that mean you've got different personalities. And uh, man, I'm like, first, uh, that's me, 100%. I, I, I'm a peacemaker. I don't like confrontation. I don't like conflict. I tell you that now, I don't like conflict. And, 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 anyway. <laughs> so that's, that, you know, that's, that, that's me. But some people are like, I just want to avoid drama, my life. No drama, no confrontation, no complications, no inconvenience, inconveniences. If you just avoid all that, you eventually will just have a, a cold and insensitive heart. We have to engage with people, and God will help us, strengthen us. He'll help us where we're, where we're weak, you know? So if I'm an orange and Lewis is a blue, you know, it's not like, you know, guns at dawn or anything. You know, it's like we're going to learn to have a love walk together, and I'm going to compliment him, and he's going to compliment me in certain areas. Amen. And so let's have a look at that. Let's get scripture to back that up. Let's look in 1 John chapter 2 verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, I, I just paraphrase that, whoever is obedient to his word, the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know we are in him. Amen. Your love will be perfected when you walk in obedience to God's word. Hallelujah. I'm going to finish with this passage of Scripture here in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 from the Amplified. Actually, I'm going to go from verse 13. And, and think about Brother Yun when we read this. Don't be surprised, believers, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed out of death into life because we love the brothers and sisters. He who does not love remains spiritually dead. Everyone who hates and works against his brother in Christ is at heart a murderer by God's standards. Ouch. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know and we've come to understand the depth and essence of his precious love, that he willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the believers. Lay down your lives for one another, church. But whoever has the world's goods, if you have adequate resources and storehouses that are full, and you see your brother in need but have no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? 
Little children, let us not love just in theory, with word or with tongue, just giving lip service to compassion. That was the, what I was talking about, the charade of love, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm encouraging all of you, walk in love. Whenever you walk in love, God is there. Whenever you, whenever you I love saying this, whenever you commit an act of love, God is there. He's there. Even when you don't feel like loving, let the compassion of Jesus well up in you. Do you know, Jesus was even tested in this area. Jesus was grieving John the Baptist, and he went away to go and find a quiet place. But the people heard that he was moving, and they followed him, and they wouldn't leave him alone. And the word says that his heart welled up with compassion for them, even though he was grieving John, and he would rather have been left alone. The compassion compelled him to pray for their sick, and they were healed. So, Doing a, doing a love thing can come often at an inconvenient moment, but when you do it, there'll be great fruit and blessings from it. Amen? Amen? Some of these words might have been like arrows this morning. To continue to love and be nice to people that have taken advantage of you, that have hurt you, that have wounded your life, it's a work of the, of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a work of the cross that you have to pick up and, and embrace. But I want to just say, pursue love. 1 Corinthians 14, just keep on chasing after it and pursue it. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter. Twitter.